Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. Welcome to Built On Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. In this episode, we're joined by Lisa Marie Pierre, a program manager for Ascend NYC at Bronx Community College, which connects minority and women-owned businesses with contracting opportunities. Lisa Marie may be new to Airtable, but that hasn't stopped her from diving right in to create a base for the program. While the COVID-19 pandemic has made project coordination a bit more difficult, Lisa Marie was able to organize a base that acts as a catalog for potential new contacts to reach out to. She's also made an Airtable base which tracks the progress of her ideas for personal projects. She gives a rundown of its setup and how it differs from other progress trackers on the Airtable universe to reinforce the ease and value of customizing a base to suit your specific needs. Hi, Lisa Marie. Thank you so much for being on the Built on Air podcast. Thank you for having me. So you're new to Airtable, right? Yes, I um, just started using it in February, though I've heard of it um, from before. Actually, about maybe two years ago, I signed up for an account and I was like feeling very overwhelmed. I was like, oh my gosh, this is too much for me. Um, I'm not that tech savvy. So I put it down. And then in February um, and around March, yeah, March, February at work, um, we needed to start building a resource for business owners who were getting disrupted by COVID. And so the way that the Dean of my division was describing what he wanted, I was thinking, you know, I think Airtable is the best like platform to do this. And so I went back in and just started using it and realized that it actually wasn't that bad. Um, and, you know, there's really good, um, they have workshops and webinars and the, the support and help documents are really helpful. So I realized that not everyone is like me and just builds databases for fun. And sometimes you have no use for Airtable until your life changes. And, you know, COVID has changed so many people's lives that you've had to find use for it in your work. So let's talk a little bit about the work that you do. So you help people who are in continuing education programs, correct? Yes, um, kind of. I work at Bronx Community College, which is Mm -hmm. in New York City, and it's a part of the larger CUNY system. The division that I work in is workforce development and continuing education. But Mm -hmm. that project that I work on is called Ascend New York City, and it's an economic development project, more focused on supplier diversity. So really helping um, small business owners get contracts with large institutions like hospitals, cultural centers, colleges. So um, that's where I primarily focus my work, but I do a little help um, on the other end in terms of continuing education, like doing some research to figure out um, where the market and the labor market is going so that we can inform like what kind of programs we're going to offer to the community. Um, So yeah. Okay. So when on the economic development side of things, you're sort of helping make that connection point between you know, both sides of the contract? Yeah, so the project that we're on, it's considered a 3M model, money, management, and markets. Mm -hmm. And so partnership between three different organizations. So Bronx Media College, um, Bronx Cooperative Development Initiative, and um, Bach Capital and Bach Network. So for, on my end, um, I focus on CUNY getting contracts, procurement contracts. So say, for example, CUNY wanted to get um, coffee. 
And so they usually say they get coffee from Starbucks, but we would want to encourage them to get coffee from a local business that's in the Bronx or in the surrounding area, particularly a woman-owned business or a Black-owned um, Latinx um, business. So that's my role. And then the other organizations, they focus more on the private um, sector. And one other organization um, trains the, org the business owner. So we bring them in as a cohort. And some business owners, even though they're really great at making coffee, maybe they've never gotten a huge contract from a hospital or a college. So we help build capacity um, in terms of uh, how do they get the MWBE certification? That's a minority women business enterprise certification. How do they um, you know, do their bookkeeping? All of these different things that they may not have um, experience doing. So it's kind of a, it's a great partnership and my role is mostly doing the connection, um, speaking to the procurement officers, seeing what they have in the pipeline, um, finding out who they've worked with in the past and how we can help them. Maybe even thinking about people who have um, bid before, but then didn't get a contract and asking them like, why didn't they get it? Finding that out and then bringing that information to the trainers and telling them this particular business didn't get the contract because um, they didn't fill out the form correctly or they didn't have a business structure, they weren't um, certified or whatever the case may be, and then they help them. So I imagine things are operating a wee bit differently now that you can't be as in person. I don't know if your office is completely shut down or semi shut down, but I imagine you can't have as much face-to-face -face, um, consultation with um, all of these people that you're helping connect together. How has your day-to-day -day kind of um, process changed as you're um, trying to connect A to B to C and then back and forth? Yeah, previously um, I was in the office and so because a lot of the people who I needed to interact with were either on campus or at a nearby um, college, I could have walked, you know, take an Uber, whatever the case is, and meet with people. So just when the project was starting is actually when we had our stay-at-home orders. So I never actually really got to really meet people in person to begin with. So um, I had just started in February and like three weeks later, it's like, okay, you got to go home. So um, mostly it's been a lot of email, um, email setting up initial introduction um, conversations, doing that over Zoom or a conference call. And yeah, just like a lot of Zoom calls and email and sharing Google Docs. And so that's pretty much how I've been interacting. Um, the project that I'm on, Ascend New York City, is a part of a larger ecosystem called the um, Ascend Cities. And so it's funded by JP Morgan. It's across, I think, 12 cities now. New York is the latest one, New York and Newark. Um, and so we've been communicating on Slack as well across the whole network and doing um, monthly city to city um trainings where we like give each other advice on how to interact with people in this kind of like virtual state but um yeah mostly it's just been zoom phone call email so with this program being relatively new starting this year in february um how do you do sort of onboarding processes? Because as you said, not every business needs the exact same amount of training. Some people might need more training in one area than others. So how do you help get yourself organized with knowing in advance, okay, I have all of these meetings today with these companies. This is how 
I'm going to approach each one. Mm-hmm. So um, for the program being new is for New York City, but the whole national um, ecosystem had already existed. Um, but for New York, what we've been doing, I focus mostly on dealing with the procurement officers and then the other group um, organization works with the businesses, but how I organize myself, um, I use Todoist, um, I use my Outlook calendar, and so I kind of, um, you know, put a list down of who I'm talking to and kind of make a schedule of how I'm going to be communicating with people. Um, in terms of onboarding, uh, we have an online portal on our website, and so businesses will go in there and they'll fill out a brief questionnaire. And so once they fill out the questionnaire, um, the the other part of the team, they look at the questionnaire and we put them to the side. We haven't had our first cohort yet. Um, we're going to have it in a few months. And so what we're going to be doing is going through all those individuals who have stated um, you know, that they're interested in the program. And then we did um, some market research and we figured out which kind of industries we think um, are going to be, or have good opportunities in terms of getting contracts. And then from there, we'll narrow down the individual. So we're trying to really keep people together. Like we wouldn't put someone who has a million dollars in revenue as someone who just started up. So we've made kind of boundaries. You have to have had um, at least half a million dollars in um, revenue up to 5 million. So that's kind of the group that we're keeping them with. And so they're going to be in healthcare and tech. And so that's kind of helps us in terms of narrowing it down. And then from there, we'll meet together as a group and um, decide who we think would be a good candidate to enter into the program. So has any part of that process begun to incorporate Airtable or have you used it in some other portion of your work? So for this project, we used Airtable actually to help us identify um, businesses that we can kind of cold reach out to and cold call. So those who don't actually find us through like however other means they might have found us. So what I did with another researcher, we went and um, downloaded various data sets from um, the New York City and New York State um, business website. And we also use Reference USA. And from there, we were able to build a database of all the um, minority owned businesses in the Bronx. And then from there, find out who was certified, what's their revenue. There's a lot of information that you can get. So we merged our data together and used Airtable to clean it up. And so um, we've used that um, that Airtable to kind of um, group businesses by revenue, group businesses by neighborhood, because there are some businesses that we might want to target. And then from there, um, another team member has gone through and tried to find, okay, let me find a business using the filtering um, um, component on Airtable, trying to find out like what business makes say half a million in revenue is in construction and is in this particular neighborhood. And then from there, they've done some outreach. Because I'm the only person on a team who actually knows how to use Airtable, I built it and then I showed um, other people how to actually use it. And from there, they've been kind of um, using it as a, a search tool and a database to find business owners. That base, I imagine, is proprietary to your organization and you probably don't share it out to anyone else, but you do have another base that you have shared out. One version of it is on the Airtable universe. And I wanted to talk a little bit more about that one. 
how did you come up with the idea for, um, I'll just say the version that's on the universe and we'll put the link in the description um, so everyone can use it themselves. Um, so I've always been someone who has a lot of ideas. Um, I love this, I'm a really curious person. And so um, I always thought of ideas as a skill. Um, but then I've had people who say like, you can't just come up with ideas, you actually have to complete them. And so as I started to think about ideas, I kind of had this weird relationship where I was like, am I good at ideas if I don't complete all of them? And so as I started to reflect more, I started to think that it's okay if you don't finish everything. Some of those beginning ideas are kind of like the um, proof of concept or an experiment for a later thing that you actually do finish. So one thing that I was thinking about as I was reflecting on like my relationship with ideas was that I don't actually track any of my things. So I'm thinking like, oh, I have all these ideas, but I've never actually finished anything or, oh, I'm a generalist and I just like am all over the place. So I decided that I wanted to kind of put things in one place and actually see what have I done. So I first started looking at um, the universe to see like what kind of trackers were out there. And there wasn't anything that was really fitting what I wanted because I felt that ideas aren't just limited to started in progress and finished. There's a lot more steps in there. And so that is kind of um, what prompted me to like sketch out in my notebook, like thinking about an idea that I had and all the steps that I went through before I actually finished it. Um, and that's kind of like where it started from, um, just kind of feeling a little, um, down about like having all these ideas and then like needing to finish them and feeling like overwhelmed that I don't finish my ideas. And then I just started to think, I guess a little researcher in me was like, let's actually track and see, do you not finish your ideas or do you? And so that's where that came from. So that is a great example of how, well, the universe has a great many number of examples already on it of how to track different things across you know, many different use cases, you're still probably going to want to customize it for how you want to track things. So I noticed in your base that you have a column for whether or not you've actually completed things like a regular status tracker, but also whether or not you've celebrated the fact that you've um, completed it. And why don't you share your screen and we could all look at the base together, dive into it. So I wanted to actually show it in um, the air, not the actual universe, the way it looks, because I wanted to show some other features. But um, yeah, so here, as you, as you can see, is the, the base and the fields. I have um, the titles that I thought were important to me. I do have the celebrate at the end. And so I kind of, as I mentioned before, I sat down and sketched out the, I guess, the, the path of an idea for me. And if you can see here, I have many paths. And so, um, like I mentioned, it's not just that you start a project, you're in progress and you finish it. For me, like a lot of my ideas started my dreams. Either they're like literally in my dreams when I'm sleeping or just I'm daydreaming. And so um, I just went down from in my dreams, my notebook, my conversations, started working on it, taking a break, stopped pursuing it, finished it. And I try to think realistically what has happened with me. And then I really like colors. I um, like to color coordinate a lot of things. So I group these ones together in my dreams, my notebooks and conversations as kind of like 
in my head, like doesn't really, it's not really real yet and tangible to actual tangible working. And sometimes, you know, you take a break from things and other times some ideas you pass it on to someone else. And a lot of times um, you might stop pursuing something and then of course finishing it. And then I originally had start date and end date, but then I realized I wanted to see a little bit more of a complete picture. And so I had a concept date and to take me from sometimes you actually think of something, but you don't actually start it too much later. And then um, a picture. I like looking at things and it makes it more real when you see the picture. And additionally, some things um, you should share with people, whether you share it on a blog, share it at work, share it with a family member. It just um, makes it a little bit more real. And um, it's a reminder that something should be shared and not just living in your notebook. And then finally, the celebrating. Um, I think a lot of times for me, I finish things and I just move on to the next project. And um, this is just a reminder to take a pause and breathe and celebrate whether whatever that looks like to you. Um, for me, celebrating is often telling someone, sometimes I might go out to eat um, or get some ice cream, whatever the case is, um, but I, I wanna celebrate. And um, here in the different views, I have here the Kanban style view. And I like this because you could see it all laid out. And I really like that I have the finished column. This is getting longer. And so that makes me feel happy. <laughs> And in terms of the customizing the card, I just left it as the name, but there's probably room to put the dates on here so you could see when they, they progress. But I just liked it just to see how um, it was going. And then I have the portfolio here where um, I can actually see things. And I made two filters here um, because the finished is not the only thing that you should be tracking. I think ongoing things as well. Like for example, here at Bronx Community College, I'm still working there. So I feel like it is something that's kind of finished. And so I sorted it by um, project status so that it would be kind of like in an order of things. And some things have pictures and some don't. But that was pretty much how I decided to um, organize this, this base. And then I shared it in the, um, the universe here. And what I did here, I kind of gave a description. And I also made this, um, when I made this base, I wrote a newsletter on my blog about just ideas and my feelings about being a generalist. And I um, paired it with this um, Airtable, which is the first time I did that, doing a blog post and then pairing it with a, a base. And I really like how, um, you know, the base looks in the universe. And I chose this little picture here of a butterfly of just showing the process of an idea from the concept to the, the finished idea. Very nice. I, I just love the addition of the Did You Celebrate column. It's so simple. It's just a checkbox. But, um, you know, lately I myself, I feel like I'm starting a lot of projects and I'm starting them concurrently. So I'm working on things at the same time. And so I'll finish one and then just keep working on the ones I'm already doing. And so it kind of feels like getting less of that satisfaction of, yay, I finished a thing. And just this little reminder to stop and say, you know, congratulate yourself on doing what you set out to do. It's just a great idea to add. Yeah, it really is something that I've um, tried to start doing because uh, I had someone who pointed out to me 
when I said I did something and she was like, did you celebrate? I'm like celebrate, what do you mean? <laughs> and it made me realize that it is important to celebrate whatever that might be for you. Um, whether that's like a TV show or anything, but just acknowledging that you took something from and like an idea in your head and made it something tangible. Right. So um, how long have you been using this um, for yourself? I just started making this, I believe it was, um, maybe it was June, June. Yeah, I think it was June when I did this, um, maybe May. Um, and so I went back because I knew I was going to share it on the universe. It says here 2013, but I, I don't even think table existed then. But um, I just went back and used these as examples for how the template would look. But in terms of myself, I believe I started using it um, around June or May. Okay. So as you've been using it, um, you know, for let's say like a quarter of a year, does you, do you think um, as you've been putting things on, not just the ones you're like backdating that you've already kind of begun and started, the ones that you're currently working on, do you see it affecting how you approach projects or ideas? Yeah, I I realize there are more things that I actually am doing and I'm expanding what I think an idea is. And so like even here where I say I organized the draw like the, the closet, like that's something, you know. Um, so it definitely has made me expand what I'm considering an idea and um just remembering just as like something comes up, I go in here and I update it. And that is something that I think is going to be helpful moving forward because as I had to start thinking back and I tried to think back on some major things that I was working on, I realized there were a lot of things I couldn't even remember. And so I like to journal. And so I feel like in journaling, it's kind of like a long form of where my life is going. But I feel like this is like a really quick way to just be like, look at these things that I'm doing. And um, it's really been helpful. Also to some of these things to go back, some of the, I think there was something here that I actually went and took it from ongoing or delegated. I'm here, I might say delegated and I turned it to finished. And so that felt good too. So this is kind of like a, you know, broad base level understanding of all of the things that you do. Have you found that you're like, wow, I'm doing, I'm doing a lot. Maybe I'm doing too much. Oh, all the time. I'm, I'm always trying to reel myself back in and get a little bit focused. Um, there's so many things that I love to think about. Like I mentioned before, I'm a really curious person. So I'm always like, oh my gosh, like, I wonder what this would be or what this will do. But I think when I go in and I, I put things down, it always is helpful to make me pause a little bit. Something I've been doing a lot lately um, and I've been doing it for a few years, uh, but a lot more lately is um, keeping things down to just like six things at a time, um, whether that's big or small, but like I have the six things on my list and I'm not going over that. So if something new comes up, I'll, I'll, I won't do it. So sometimes like I consider myself kind of like a giver. I really like helping people. So um, someone might hit me up and be like, hey, like, can you help me with this? Do you want to partner on something? Um, I look at my list and I just have to tell someone, um, this sounds really interesting, but I can't work on this until maybe December. If you're still interested, like, let's follow up. Um, and sometimes people, if they're really in a rush, they won't do something like that. And other times they'll say, okay, like, no problem, I'll wait. Um, 
So I've been doing things like that, um, but particularly like the six items on the list and always reviewing. I review um, my, my calendar, my to-do-list um, every day. At the end of the day, I just check for the next day to make sure I'm still on track. I look at my calendar and then once a week, I schedule out for the week and then once a month. And so the once a month is kind of like a refresher and just saying like what is working and what's not working. And then um, quarterly, I also kind of review things. So that review process really helps me think about like keeping things kind of managed. If I notice something this keeps every time getting pushed back, pushed back, then I start to think, is it time to take a break from this? Is it time to stop working on it? And that's when I start making decisions, especially when I see something has been sitting around for a long time. So it sounds like you're putting a lot of time and effort into making sure that you have a good balance of what's on your plate at any given time. And, you know, with the changes um, in the world right now with more people working from home, I know a lot of people um, are feeling as though because they're in one spot the whole day, you know, it's, it's harder and harder to like, the line gets blurred between work hours. You don't have that start and stop of, okay, now I'm going to go home. If you're already home, some people might feel like they're overworking themselves. And I think a lot of what you have just described is something that um, a lot of us can adopt ourselves. It's just making sure that you keep in mind not to do too much at one time. I, um, that's something that I learned a lot during my PhD program. There's so many things that you have to be doing at one time. And it just started getting so overwhelming that I always thought I was an organized person. I've always been into productivity, but there became a point where I was just realizing that my system is not working and I'm doing too much and I needed to figure out how to, um, you know, balance that. And there was a lot of working from home actually in that time because I had an office, but no one's like tracking you. So I can be in my office. I could work at a coffee shop. I could work at the library. And so that kind of like came from there being like, I'm home, but I can't just sit around the couch all day, you know, and watch TV because I got stuff I got to do or, you know, or figuring out things that I could do at the same time. If I'm writing a paper or if I'm, well, if I'm reading an article and I'm doing laundry, if I tell my, if I know because I tracked my time and I have my to-do list um, and I to-do list and to go together, if I know that it takes me approximately 40 minutes to read an article, then, and maybe it takes me 40 minutes to do a load of laundry, this is the perfect time for me to read and do laundry at the same time. Um, or even just other things, like I like um, listening to podcasts. And so if I'm cleaning or cooking, okay, I'm going to listen to a podcast now. So just trying to find things of that, of that. And I realized that reviewing things a lot really has helped me decide what to stop and what to continue. Especially when I look at my calendar and I see I got a Zoom meeting in the morning. And for whatever reason, people love to uh, uh, do things back to back, though, in real life, you would never do meetings that way. Like you need time to like transition. But I started to find the pockets of time. If I have three meetings in one day and they're each an hour, then that means um, for the rest of my day, I have five hours left. So what can I do in that five hours? And that's when I go back to that list and I look at it and I say, 
all right, I have six things on this list for today for work or five things, three things, whatever it may be. But realistically, with the time that I have for tomorrow, I can only do one. It's going to take me five hours to write my quarterly report. So I'm going to drop these other things and move them on. So it's really been something that I had to kind of learn. And it wasn't overnight. It was like over several years and I'm still learning. But it definitely has helped me be a little bit more calm when it comes to working from home. Makes a lot of sense. Now, I know you're, you're still just kind of like dipping your feet into Airtable, haven't been using it too, too long, but do you have kind of an idea of where you want this space to be in the future? Do you have any kind of like, oh, I really want to add this to it. I really want to connect more to my to-do list, et cetera. I like it the way it is now. Okay. I've been um, thinking some ways to make it better, like the thing about the check marks, I feel like there's a check there, but you're not sure what the check is. So even though for me, I know a check means yes, I've been thinking maybe I might make that a yes, no. Um, mm. With the automation, I've been wondering if there's ways for me to kind of um, make things become a little bit automatic. I don't know. I just want to play around with that. I don't know if it makes sense for this base. I do have another um, base where I'm kind of tracking um, articles and books that I'm reading and ideas that I have that are a little bit more long form, like tr uh, connecting it to my blog, putting links. And so I've mm -hmm. thought about syncing it together, that base with this base. So for example, if I put, um, there's a blog post that's a, or a book idea that I have that I have on here, and then I actually do write it and I have it in my other like kind of library base, then maybe syncing them together. I haven't explored the sync too much, but I've been thinking about how do I take some of these bases, put them together and almost create like the way my brain is working, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I've been thinking a lot lately is not necessarily how to change this one, but how to like take what's in my head and put it out on paper so that the archive that I have and the ideas that I have and the thoughts that I have are not just in my head all the time. I have like a repository that I could come back to. Yeah. Makes total sense. And that's exactly, you know, what tools like Airtable are supposed to get you to, you know, you want to get a system as close as possible to how you naturally think about things. Mm -hmm. um, just, you want to be able to know exactly where something is. You want to store exactly the kind of information you want to and go through the workflow of using the base exactly how it makes sense to you. So if that includes syncing, with your other um, base or your other tables. Um, I think that's a perfectly great thing to explore. At the time we're recording this, syncing has been a feature for about five days. So, I mean, it's brand new to both of us. Um, I don't even know how to use it as much as, you know, I probably will by the time this episode is published, but I like to hear that you're, you're, you're thinking about different ways of expanding on it in the future. Now that might in itself become a little idea that you would put in this base and, you know, I don't want to overload you and give you a seventh thing to do. Um, but, you know, just, um, I'm glad you were able to use this, not just for um, your day-to-day -day in, in helping um, with your organization and your other team members, but also something that you could use for yourself. Yes. So a great example of some flexibility and how you can 
you know, take something that you find in the universe and then tweak it a little bit to, um, to fit your needs and then put your version on the universe, which might be even closer to what someone else might need. Yeah, that's what I really like about the universe is that a lot of people just sharing their spin on a template that might have already existed or something that they have already. And it's just something they just keep building on. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. There's so many, I, I think Airtable doesn't target any particular market or industry. So it's used by, you know, people from all different industries and little pockets of use cases. And so if if you're just starting out with Airtable and you want to build something, there's a good chance that on the universe, there is something um, that's close to what you need. Um, so I invite people to check out the universe and especially the base that we're looking at here. Again, we'll put the link to it in the description. I want to say thank you so much, Lisa Marie, for once again, being on the podcast and sharing with us how you do it, what you do and how you've adjusted to what you do and what you've been able to build. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built On Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.